This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's me, Marty Leonard's here on 93XRT and 93XRT.com. And what a pleasure to start a Friday with, uh, with Matt Schultz of Cage the Elephant. Matt, how you doing, man? It's so nice to talk to you. Good. Nice to talk to you. So last time I Thanks saw you. having me. Oh, you bet, man. Last time I saw you. You're wearing fishnet stockings. You're standing on top of the awning of the uh, soundboard at Lollapalooza, just singing your brains out. That was man, a pretty you wild told me time, you man. You told, you told me you weren't going to tell anyone about that, dude. <laughs> well, I tried to keep it to myself, but about 70,000 people watched it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a lot of fun, um, man. Yeah, no, that was, that was fun. That was a good, that was a good show. You know, in the in the uh, in in your career of pretty wild performances, and you know we've seen them many times here in Chicago. That was probably one of the wildest. Uh, was that totally spontaneous for you to go out in the crowd and and uh, climb up on that? Uh, was it the crowd that made you do that? How did that all happen? Yeah, yeah. I just um, generally when we're put on performances, just try to be trying to be present and respond to impulse, which is what you are like in everyday life, what you strive not to do. (laughs) 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 To not be present and not be impulsive. No, um, uh, yeah, just like whenever you're in that space, because you just don't want to fall into that trap of like melodrama or trying to like portray any particular um, like to have an opinion or, or, or of how something should come across, it just totally messes up the um, the the presence and stuff. So yeah, well, that's what what always makes a cage uh, show so great is the uh, spontaneity of uh, of your performances, and uh, you know you have so much energy on stage, and uh, it it really does seem like you just don't know where you're going to go in that performance, and you just take it there anyway. Uh, and you have a lot of energy, and you're in great shape. How? One thing I was I was wondering: How do you stay in shape? And before you go out on the tour, like, like, what do you do? What's your exercise regimen? Um, I uh, it was going to be like a twisted dad joke. I was going to say <laughs> running from my demons. <laughs> well, you know that uh, that certainly does uh, that that does give you a lot of impetus to uh, to that run. That falls into the dad category and melodrama. Every show we get Um, uh, uh, just a a lot of like, I guess what I would call extracurricular um, uh, studies. I've been doing um, I've been uh, doing this in, uh, buto intensive for six months. What is that? Is a Japanese. It's a form of Japanese um, dance, but it's extremely physically uh, demanding and um, a lot of stuff like that just kind of naturally keeps you uh, keeps you fit. Yeah. Well, in the uh, in the video for the song from the new album, uh, 
from Social Cues, which is coming out on the 19th of April. We're really looking forward to that. But on the song Ready to Let Go that we've been playing on XRT, I was watching the video, and uh, you directed that. But your uh, your movements in that do seem like uh, like a different kind of uh, dance. Is, is Do you use the buto in that video? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's definitely like transformed things. I, I look back at performances even like on our last run and not that there's like a a pro or an amateur but i feel very amateur in when i watch that stuff because just a lot of i just see a lot of habits in it and a lot of nervous energy and and this particular study it's funny because you would think that when you study something like that you get a more planned refined thing but this particular type is about it's more based on impulse it's more like get away from your habits it's like let it let this uh impulse manifest itself in a different area of your body so like um in so many ways i feel like it's uh enhanced the rawness of the of the performances and um yeah and and also kind of put a vocabulary to things that are instinctual which helps you navigate them um more readily i don't know if that makes any sense but yeah yeah i'm pretty stoked about it yeah so it's it's mind body and impulse that's uh that's pretty cool that's a pretty cool thing yeah it's reactive instead of active it's like instead of being like let's play a sad song i've got to be sad on stage you know like Mm -hmm. That kind of a thing. I, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't want to come across <laughs> too much like I'm like, well, the approach here. But anyways, it's it's really interesting stuff. No, I, th- I think what we know is that your approach on stage, again, is uh, spontaneity. And that's what makes those shows, uh, the shows that you guys do so exciting. But congratulations on the new album, Social Cues. We're really looking forward to getting the full. Uh, the songs that we've played so far, we're just loving here on uh, on XRT. We're loving to play them on the radio. And uh, there's a, a story behind the album. And uh, I think we'll, what we'll do is talk about a trip that you took. And that was a trip to uh, Italy. And you went to Pompeii, which is a real emotional yeah. experience whenever you go there. But it turned into something more uh, for you, right? Yeah, I mean, there were... Um The past couple of years have been pretty turbulent in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all go through different seasons in life, and this particular one just was very, very heavy and a lot of loss. Um, yeah, my cousin, who was my best friend growing up, passed away, and literally best friend. Um, and then another super close friend. I'd also consider a best friend passed away, um, and uh, and there, were, yeah, and it's tough to talk about. But just a friend committed two really close friends committed suicide, mm. um, and you know the deterioration of a relationship. So it was just like one of those times, and um, I remember I was, we were in Pompeii, and I was seeing these people who were cast in these like eternal postures of like whatever the reaction was at that time 
frozen. I, I remember looking at the the people and just thinking, "Wow, I um, I can relate." You know, like that is what I feel like right now. And um, yeah, and then went back to the um, place I was staying at that night, and um, and uh, just wrote the song. So. Mm. And that's the song, Ready to Let Go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. And was that the first song you wrote uh, for this record? No, because we're always um, we're always writing on the road as we go. Um, we're always sharing ideas. So it's kind of like a, it's a constant thing happening. So mm-hmm. I can't say which one was first. Yeah. But I just recognized your voice, and I just wanted to say... Good to talk to you. I look forward to sitting down. Like I was like, oh, I know I'm talking to you now. You can relax, all right? Yeah. How you doing? I'm doing all right. So I'm doing really great. Good. Um, good, good, good. Well, we love playing Ready to Let Go on the radio, and I know that the song is emotional for you. It's about a personal breakup, and uh, you can hear that in the lyrics. Yet at the same time, the song has a lot of energy, and the song just sounds great. So congratulations on being able to take a personal experience like that and turn it into great arts and also great rock and roll. That's nice. Well, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think you just write about what you, hopefully you write about the, um, write about what you're experiencing. So right. that is, um, yeah. You know, it's all, which we always, but recently just really struck a chord with me and almost to the point of like being knocked down by it. I was listening, you know, we have this idea of Mick Jagger, I think because his persona was lionized and hypersexualized and all these things. And there were certain parts of the story that were more easy to embellish. Right. Mm -hmm. So we've all latched onto this idea of who this, this guy is or who this band is but you go back and listen to painted black and man you cannot write a song like that unless it comes from a real place <laughs> you know what i mean and like i see a red door and i want to paint it black yeah. like and you go into those lyrics and that is some really deep material and um yeah it's that that's the kind of stuff you want to dig for right. um well you you write about personal yeah. subjects uh through uh, the perspective of characters also. Um, does that make it easier to go inside of yourself to to um, sort of portray it as a characterization of someone else? Yeah, easier to... It's, a, it's like a safe passageway. Um, it also makes it easier, even oddly enough, strange enough to, to identify with when you kind of put it outside yourself you can relate to it because it's not under so much personal scrutiny um yeah yeah i i like that i like that um that uh, process because also while we were making this record i was watching all these murder uh murder documentaries and um crime documentaries and just finding that that a lot of these people who had um committed hideous crimes uh were very relatable um 
And not only that, but like could present themselves as likable and in many aspects, lovable. And so, you know, there's all these different uh, angles to play with, which is that it's truly relatable because all human beings can find themselves in any scenario, given the circumstance and then your decision making accordingly. You know, that's a pretty wild thought to kind of uh, play with. And then there's like the idea of presenting yourself as lovable and kind and inwardly being a monster. But there's also the idea of presenting yourself to be or portraying yourself like envisioning yourself to be a monster, but inwardly to kind of like, uh, be very lovable. Um, and, and perhaps all of those things kind of walk hand in hand and probably that's closer to the truth than anything. Anyways, it's really, uh, I like that well, yeah. uh, because when you're in character work, you can kind of focus on that yeah. more. I, I think that people don't look at themselves enough. You know, when they hear about some heinous crime or some uh, homicidal individual, you know, they, they, uh, they're always portrayed as someone else. This is something that is way off the charts, right? But oftentimes, mm-hmm. oftentimes when you, uh, when you hear these stories, at least I do, think about, wow, have I ever thought that? Could I ever do anything like that? Is there something that holds me back from that? You know, uh, it's it's a scary thing, and and to actually go deeply into it like uh, like you have uh, on this record, it's uh, it's a disturbing thing. You know, you you certainly go to a dark well, place, right? Well, what blows me away, and it's funny because I think that sometimes there's catacly- there's shifts in in culture um, that are very obvious. Sometimes it's not obvious. Sometimes it happens in a brief amount of time sometimes it happens over a long period of time and I think there's been a cataclysmic shift in a certain area of thinking which is that all all humans were created equal or made equal or born equal or you know however you wherever you are in life however you want to wrap your head around it, is that human beings are equal right mm. um, and we I think that we've allowed ourselves to arrive in a place where we think that there are particular people, peoples, people that um, that are like superhuman or somehow more elevated, and then and here's the real divisive kind of perspective: is that yeah, we're all equal on an elevated level, but not all equal on like. Um, Oh, uh, uh, um, on a dark level, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? which is, you know what I mean? Like that, oh yeah, then that makes sense. We're all equal as in the best representation of ourselves. But what about the worst? Right. You can't like only ha- look at one part of the, the picture. It's just a really interesting place to think. Yeah. And I've been, t- I've been thinking about it a lot. And it's a great uh, outlet to have a band and to uh, have uh, the talent to write songs and then perform them on stage to, uh, you know, to help you sort that stuff out. Um, let's talk about the uh, album Social Cues just a little bit. In fact, we should talk about it more than we have been. But um, <laughs> Hey, guys, I'm so sorry to interrupt. I think we only have time for one more question here. I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. Um, so you're... Uh, 
The record comes out on the 19th of April, Social Cues, and then you're hitting the road and you're coming here to Chicago. You're playing a big show this summer at uh, Huntington Bank Pavilion at Northern Lee Island and a tour with Beck, and that's great that you guys have a relationship with Beck, and he's helped you out uh, with, with the album as well. How did you, uh, how did you come together with Beck? Um, we had done a couple shows where we were on the same bill, and um, I believe we were in L.A., and we got invited to meet him and went back to his dressing room, and he was a lovely human being. Um, and then he was on tour and passed through Nashville, and I went to the show, and we re- reconnected and had, an, had another great little hang. And, um, and so when we were making the record, we had... It was just weird, a weird, like, occurrence of events. And his father ended up um, doing all the arrangements for the strings on our, the, the uh, compositions for the strings on our record. His father, which I don't think a lot of people know, is a, a legend in his own right as a composer, David Campbell. Mm-hmm. And so when we were finishing Night Running, we had the track done for the most part, um, the the choruses were, we were all really excited about them, but the verses, we just couldn't come up with an approach for the verse. And um, Brad had just had it in his mind that somehow Beck would know. <laughs> and so we <laughs> sent it off to him. He was on tour. I think he was like on tour somewhere in Asia or Eastern Europe. And it was just mind blowing. Um, it was a, it was a huge testimony to his, the level of talent that, he is because within two days he sends back, you know, several options. And the first two, first two passes were like, yes, that's it. <laughs> that's, you know, that's the direction. Um, and so then everything else just kind of naturally formed because it was kind of like um, looking for a, a space to perform the song together. Well, how about we just book a tour and, um, well, it's going to yeah. be great to see you guys playing together. Are you headlining or is Beck headlining? Do you trade off? How's that going to work? It's a co-headline, yeah. yeah that's great. That's great. And you're playing here yeah. in Chicago on the night before Lollapalooza. And I have to say, the lineup for your show, it's pretty great. <laughs> it's really great with Spoon on the bill and Wild Bell as well. That's great. And the, oh, yeah. So the album comes out on the 19th of April. We're really looking forward to it. And always great to see uh, Cage the Elephant play in Chicago. So it's going to be a great summer. For a record that came from dark places, you're taking it out into the light this summer. So that's uh, that's got to feel really great. Yeah, we're really pleased. Pleased cool. with how things are starting to unfold. Well, we'll definitely uh, catch up with you later on this summer. Matt, thanks a lot for checking in with us. Matt Thank Schultz. You. Yeah. Matt Schultz from Cage the Elephant here on 93 WXRT. Thanks, man. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.